shooting podcast we are back this is my fourth week in a row every thursday i've released that well this will be every thursday for four straight weeks so i'm i'm on top of it right now and i'm feeling pretty good about it before i get into this episode today just a warning this is going to be a very random show there my guest today is me and my thoughts so apologies ahead of time i'm hoping things tie together they may not tie together but instead of you know just keeping these things to myself I'm using the podcast to get it out, and that's that's how it's going to be. So if you enjoy random stuff or you want a glimpse into the way that I think about some things, this would be the, the place to be. Um, but before we get started, obviously a big shout out to my the sponsor of the Keep Shooting Podcast, which is Five Star Hiring. Five Star Hiring is a staffing agency geared towards student athletes. Uh, it's 100% free to those student athletes. So if you're somebody that's looking to transition from you know, academia, where you're at now, going to class every day into the working world. Um, my, my good buddy, James Grugan, started this company knowing how much value student athletes just like you can provide to companies all over the world. So if you're, if you're somebody that's finishing up their academic career and they're, they're ready to, to get out there into the working world, uh, please check out fivestarhiring.net. I can send you in that direction as well if you want to ever send me a message or you want to talk to me about it. But my uh, my buddy James Grugan, aka Grugs, uh, is is one heck of a guy, and I think what he's doing there and, and his mission surrounding this particular company is an amazing one. So, fivestarhiring.net, check that out, and uh, and I'm I'm anxious to to hear some how some success stories here in the in the near future. So, I'm labeling this today as the random show, and if you looked at the title of it, you'll see that random is spelled wrong, and that will make sense later on. I also want to say that this is the second time I've tried to record this podcast today. So earlier I was trying to record it and my dog who had been dormant all day, literally, literally dead to the world. All of a sudden, as soon as I started recording, she just got up, sat at my feet and then just started licking herself over and over again. She started shaking. She just, it was, it was like, oh, I see you're trying to accomplish something, but not on my watch. And I think that was maybe her attempt to show, hey, I'm not, I'm not as lazy as you think I am. I can get up and I can do things, albeit um, very meaningless things. So I took her out. I took her for a walk, let her get some energy out. And now I'm in the bedroom and I have the door shut and I can still hear her just breathing outside of the door, which it is what it is at this point. And we're just got, we just got to rock with it. I don't think the mic will pick that up. I'm sure there's going to be barking at some point in time because the neighbors and where we live now aren't the best and that's just what's going to happen so that's it that's out that's out now full you got full transparency from me okay and all i like to do when i do these i like to do them one take but there were so many stops and pauses that i couldn't do it and it just and i think the walk was good the walk was good to reset and then it's going to flow into the first thing we're going to talk about today which is reaction versus response and i was listening to the joe rogan podcast recently and i believe his name is sad guru and he was on there and he, he basically said that all of our interactions are, are either reactions or responses. And the way that he broke it down is, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's an incredibly intelligent and, and well, well thought out person. But the way he broke it down was, you know, if you're having a conversation with somebody and they insult you, you know, you now have two options. You can choose to react to the insult or you can respond to the insult. A reaction is basically giving the person who fired that insult at you the power 
because now what you are saying is more so a direct indication of what was said to you. You're not maybe taking the time to actually think about what you're doing. Um, this is when you see people get upset, they get mad, they get heated, they say things that they say later on. I didn't mean to say that, I was just caught up in the moment. Well, that's because you've allowed that person to have power over you, and you've now just resulted to reacting. Whereas responding is going the opposite way. It's, it's no matter what happens, no matter the, the words that are said to you, you, uh, you realize that these are nothing but words, and that you possess well within your ability um, the chance to, to respond as you in a calm manner, maybe you don't want to respond in a calm manner, but basically, you know, if you're allowing somebody else to have power over you and your thoughts, you're never going to be responding as yourself. You're never going to come back into the conversation as you now controlling the narrative and, and coming across, you know, 100% the way that you want to come across. And I just thought this was extremely fascinating because like anything, I, I try to take the majority of things that I, I read and listen to and, and bring them back to what I do in, in teaching. And I think the reaction versus response thing really hit hit home um, as it pertains to the question that I get from so many players, whether that be players I'm working with, or it's like anytime I ever were to hop on Instagram Live or something like that, this question always comes up. And the idea comes, coach, what do I do if I'm in a slump? Or I'm just struggling to hit shots in games. What's, you know, what, what do I do? And admittedly, I've had probably so many different answers to that question. And I'm sure there's going to be more answers that, that don't even fall in line with what I'm about to say now. But when I heard this man breaking down reaction versus response, that is for some reason why my mind immediately went to makes and misses. And I talked about this many times in the past, but the idea of taking players away from the rim so they can just focus on process versus results is a really, really powerful thing, right? It's a really, really powerful thing because it allows us to really focus on the process versus the outcome. And I think that that's something that we all should do more and more of. It's hard to do, right? Because we all want the outcome. The outcome is what we see. The outcome is what gets attention. The process generally doesn't. Even the process, when it's highlighted, we know that the outcome is maybe already has already happened it's like when you see motivational videos like a like a kobe motivational video is going to be a really awesome video if they just show him working out you get to see part of the process but you already know his outcome so it's kind of i don't know it's kind of it, it's kind of strange but if it's just some random person that all you ever see is them just working out but you have no idea what they're working out towards you might just be like huh what is that guy gonna do you know what i mean maybe it doesn't hold as much weight i don't know just, uh, just a thought there. But um, I was in the gym recently with a player, and I brought up this this idea of react reacting versus responding. And if you can come to that realization that you you really are in control of how you are going to, I don't even want to use the word respond. But you are in control of how to, to respond. And and if we're if everything that we're doing is predicated off makes and misses, and that's going to determine where your mood is or how well you're playing, I think I could argue that you're just playing 
the game in a completely reactionary state. And I know that there are points of the game in which reaction is necessary. I think as a defensive player, you're almost always reacting, right? And that's where as an offensive player, I think it's important to realize that you kind of run the show in order of making the defender have to react to you. You are the one, um, you know, initiating the action and they have to react. So that's that's kind of the offense first defense rule. It's, it's, it's part of the reason why so much of what I teach is based off preparation, because in that act, in that act of preparation, the defense now has to respond to it. So if we can start to set our hands earlier within certain parts of the game, that action is always going to be faster than the defense's reaction. And the way that we're preparing, we're now giving ourselves a chance to get shots off at a, at a, at a higher rate and, and, and an even more controlled rate in terms of because our hands are early, our feet are set, all this kind of stuff. We can sequence correctly. All that stuff goes hand in hand. But it's an action versus reaction response, right? But that's more so defense reacting to another person, what, what they're doing. If you're allowing makes and misses, and I know this is going to sound very simple but if you're rea- if you're if you're allowing makes and misses to determine everything that you do whether you're a good shooter bad shooter having a good game bad game you're essentially giving power to an inanimate object to two inanimate objects if your worth is based on did i make shots today that's it did i make shots in this very moment you're going to constantly be fighting this uphill battle and what i mean by that is if I go out there in a game and I miss a shot, and this is what I could have been so much better at when I was a kid, but if I miss a shot, well, that missed shot doesn't determine whether or not I'm going to make or miss the next one. But if I react to the miss and I'm thinking, I automatically go into, oh, I can't shoot. I can't, I'm, not, I'm not shooting well today. I'm not shooting well today. Just because of that miss, I'm allowing a inanimate basketball and an inanimate hoop to now determine who I am at that point in time. So now they, I'm reacting to that. Everything I now do is going to be a reaction to, well, I missed the last one. So, you know, what's what's going to happen here? Versus if I were to respond and understand that if I were to just zoom out and see all the time that I put in and see all the things that I've done right versus done wrong, I'm pretty confident that where I am now at as a shooter or where you are now at as a shooter and what you're what you're building towards is going to result in you making shots somewhere along the line sooner or later. But that's where you can respond. Okay, I missed a shot. Is what it is. But if I look at the bigger picture, I know that one of these is bound to fall very soon. And now as a response, you now control the narrative in terms of who you are as a shooter, who you are as a basketball player, right? But if you're going to constantly get tied up in, you know, a make or a miss in that particular shot is 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 your identity. It's not right. It's it's not. So don't I know it's easier said than done, but try your best not to react to every single make or miss. I think the inner game of tennis gets into this really well. Right. Get out of self one, get into self two. And if you haven't read or listened to that book, highly suggest you do so, because the author explains it so much more elo- eloquently than I can, but you know, when you when you just start to you know more so observe than than just react to everything, um, you start to be able to to really come through and shine through as yourself and as your habits and everything that you've done to that that point. But 
it doesn't matter how hard you work if you're constantly in this state of, of reacting to makes and misses it, it's going to be extremely hard to dig yourself out of that hole and I, I just thought that that conversation was was a powerful one when I listened to it because we all have that choice and I think sometimes half the battle is even knowing we have the choice right it's one of those it's one of those really really interesting things that this um I don't know if this even flows into reaction and response but I was also listening to Jordan Peterson speak and Jordan Peterson was talking they were talking about global warming this may have nothing I don't even know if I can tie this back to basketball but I just thought about it because it was on, also on the Joe Rogan podcast and I thought it was very interesting but they were talking about global warming and Jordan Peterson said you know if you want to truly solve global warming he said you have to get those that are in poverty out of poverty and uh get them extremely wealthy as soon as possible and they asked why well why why would that be the case and they said well because when you're living in a state of not knowing where where your next meal is coming from or how your kid is going to get this or that if you're in a constant if you're in a constant state of just survival you have no ability to focus on the bigger things in the world that are going on. And as human beings, our, our greatest strength and the reason that we've taken over this planet uh, is because of our ability to think. We've always managed to find ways to create uh, just because of, of our way to our, our, our ability to think, right? But if, you, if you're in this constant state of anxiety and fear, it's very, very hard to think. And I was listening to this, and then I tied it back to the book in the beginning of Infinity. David Deutsch is talking about this whole idea of, of, of Mother Earth and how today, I guess this does tie into global warming, not basketball. But, but today, there's this constant push to, we have to save Mother Earth, we have to save Mother Earth. And it's, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to go back in time and talk to the people that were here first. Like, when none of all this stuff existed... Right, like when uh, when they were when some when 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 people first somehow got here, which will be forever unknown. I don't know if there were any campaigns to save Mother Earth. I think there were campaigns to stay alive, and it shows you how far we've come and how comfortable we are. In that now everything turns to well, how do we save this thing? Versus if you go back thousands and thousands of years, they were probably thinking, how do we get off this thing? There has to be something better out there, right? But as people continue to create, as knowledge continue to to increase, life on a once almost uninhabitable planet eventually becomes what it is now. And then we look at it, we're like, wow, these there's been such exponential uh, rates of growth within the the human civilization. Like, what what do we attribute it to? I just, I mean, to me, it's it's comfort, right? Like, it's just. It's just the ability, like, like we're we're com- we're comfortable now, man. Like it's pretty easy for anybody to 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 get by. Um, I just found that to be super super interesting to to think to think about how, you know, from one perspective, long long ago, this 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 Earth probably was treacherous, and then to others now, it's almost too comfortable. And but we can now put our focus on things that are going to eventually get us out. David Deutsch also said that. Throughout human history, there's always been some type of thing that has been that has been at the forefront of human civilization in terms of them maintaining the survival, and that uh, 
we as humans have always figured out a way to do it. So when he even thinks about the idea of like global warming or whatever is the next disaster thing to talk about, his his he always reverts to like we've always figured it out. We'll figure it out again. And then I think that just kind of tied into the conversation with Jordan Peterson, who was saying, "Hey, you want to you want to solve it? The best thing that we do is think, right? The best thing we do is think. So how can how can we get the most minds on a certain thing? Well, we have to take away all of their other issues that are plaguing them." And holding them down in day-to-day life and now we're, we're putting a whole bunch of brain power behind it so who knows maybe that's something that 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 i don't know i don't know i went i went off and i don't know how that even goes to react you know what it does flow into reaction versus response because the early people were simply living out of reaction everything they did was out of reaction bad weather how do we survive i'm hungry how do we survive like that's it and then now we get to respond to those questions i'm hungry ah Chipotle or five guys, right? So it's a bit, it's a bit different now, but you can see that, you know, that's how things get, get better and better and better. We get to respond to things. We get to sit with them, think with them, think about them and then move on from there versus just having to react right away and, and just be in this constant fight or flight stance on, you know, status, not stance. I guess status would be, would be, would be the right thing. But, but that, I guess that's, that's the, uh, that that's it for the I so I wrote down my daughter has like this little chalkboard type thing and I just wrote down bullet points and this one was just reaction versus response and that's how we're gonna do it. It's almost like a mailbag, but I get to create the mailbag and not not anybody else. So again, not real flow to this, but it is what it is. Second thing I wanted to talk about is the power of sequence. And if you follow me on Instagram. You may have seen on my story, I, I, I touched on this, but I just wanted to, to touch on it again because I think it's a very powerful concept. I have wrote on, I had wrote, I had written, um, on my Instagram story, I put, I, I took the sentence, what a beautiful day, but I, I randomized it. So it said, a what beautiful day, right? Or a day beautiful what? And the next, within the next um, story, I basically was like, look, when these words aren't in sequence, they don't really have meaning. They're just words. They're just, it, it is what it is, right? You you can look at it and then you can try to decipher it. And you could probably even come to, with something that short, you could probably come to the conclusion that what I was trying to say is what a beautiful day. And to me, it's a great example of how when things are in order a certain way, there's great power behind the, the order or the flow of it, right? And what I was saying is that I've I've said numerous times that I believe the biggest thing in shooting a basketball, especially early on, is getting a player to understand how to create energy. Because without the creation of energy, we're never going to be able to get that basketball up in the air. And without the ability to get the basketball up in the air, we're never going to be able to make shots. Period. Right? Now, there's a variety of different ways that we can create energy. But I do believe that, that there's certain principles that show up from great shooter to great shooter, boy, girl, NBA, WNBA, whatever. That show up. And now how we achieve those things are going to be a bit different. It's going to look look a bit different. I'm 6'6", extremely handsome, tall, charismatic, don't have hair, but you know we can't all be perfect. And maybe you're not that, right? So how you achieve your energy is maybe going to be a bit different than how I achieve mine. But the principle, there's are there's definitely some some commonalities, some principles there in how in how it's achieved. And this is where the sequence becomes so important. So if I'm reading a book and all the words are jumbled up, it'd be really hard for me to get or gain any perspective from that book. 
But what makes a book so special is that the way that the author uses words, the way that the author pieces words and sentences and chapters and entire books together that tend to have a big impact on you, the way that their ideas flow through, right? It's like one of those things that's, you know, that's what makes authors, great authors, great authors, is their ability to put things together in the way that they sequence their storyline. Or you wouldn't go see a movie where they give you the plot first and then the ending second and then the beginning third. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, Benjamin Button. And then you look at the basketball shot. And within within the shot itself, this is where, like, if you don't understand sequencing, it's almost like you're just saying words hoping that eventually you'll put together a thoughtful idea. And that's just not the way, it's just not not the way it works. One of the reasons I love books so much, and this is just a sidebar, is because, not because you necessarily come through, and I said this to a friend, I, in, in reading, you gain perspective. It's, it's impossible to know. And I also heard a really cool quote saying, you know, a conversation is just a conspiracy between two people. And the way that I read a book, and it could be the same book, and the way somebody else reads a book, they may pick up entirely different things than I did just because their perspective on things as already exists is going to be entirely different. And who knows if what we're even reading is ever intended to come across the way that it does come across from the author. We have no way of knowing. Everything is just a matter of our previous ideas about the world and how things work are now going to either be enforced, challenged, or completely disputed um, within the book that you're reading. But it's almost like you're having your own personal conversation with the author. Granted, it's a little bit one-sided, but it's it's fun to have, and it it's interesting on how it opens up your mind to different different things. But without the proper sequencing of words, a lot of that would have no meaning to begin with. So when it comes to shooting... When it comes to throwing, when it comes to swinging a golf club, um, all of these things have some order in which they happen and which makes it most efficient. It's like when somebody says, like, form doesn't matter. Yeah, it does, man. It really does. There's a reason that we do things certain ways, and it's because we want to make things as efficient, as repeatable as possible. But those who say, like, form doesn't matter. Okay, if I go out and I, I shoot around the back shot and it goes in, and then I said, well, look, I can do that. Form doesn't matter. Yeah, but just because you done did something one time or because something, you know, something works for one particular person, that's another, another I, I think I, I tweeted about that the other day, but that doesn't make something universally true, right? There's always going to be exceptions to everything we do. And I think for the most part, sequence shows up in so many different aspects of our life that, you know, Paying attention to it, studying it can be super, super valuable in you continuing to get better at, at what you do, right? And then in my case, it's you getting me, get me being able to get you better at shooting the basketball. So how can I further my ideas and my understanding of sequence to bring it to, to the person in front of me in the most simple, easy to understand way? And I think I'm getting better and better and better at that. And it's funny that I used to think that just because I knew something at such a deep level and I could speak about it uh, with big words or whatever that I was like, oh, I really know what I'm talking about. But now I, I, I feel as though I, 
I more so now know what I'm talking about because I don't have to use those words. I can keep things as simple. I want to have things so simple that if you came into the gym and you were looking at what I was doing, you would walk away saying, oh, I could teach that. And that's the goal. That's That should be the goal because you shouldn't be able to walk. I don't want you walking in a gym seeing what I'm doing and then say, man, that's, I have no idea what's going on there. You want things to be simple enough that they can be transferable to the person that you're working with or the, the person that's watching and learning from you. And then the magic comes down to being able to communicate it. And the only way you ever get to that point of simplification is if you really know something in and out, right? That's the, that's the only way you'll know. And I, I think I'm always trying to get better at that. But I just was thinking about, you know, sequence and, and how powerful it is in words. And, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes, the world is made up of words. And when you know the words that make up the world, you can do with it whatever you wish. Like, Amazing. And then the shot, the shot is made up of levers. And when we know the levers that we use to create power, we can do with the shot whatever we wish, right? <laughs> Something like that. The power of sequence, man, it's so important. If you're a trainer, if you're a player, understand it. Continuously strive to find a deeper understanding with it. It all goes into that idea of being sequenced along with connection. I mean, Am I like Rob Fodor to me is such a freaking genius because his three main points are preparation, connection, sequence. And within those things, you could spend hours, you could spend days breaking down how important they are. And I still find myself every single day coming to new realizations within those particular categories that could now branch off into a million other categories. But why not keep it as simple as possible with just preparation, connection, sequence? Because if that's what we do, Anybody can understand it, so long as the teacher can simplify it. Thought it was worth, thought it was worth talking about. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about today, I told you this was going to have no flow. I came across a quote by James Clear or a tweet by James Clear, and he said in the in the tweet, "Over time, your brand becomes the over time your brand just becomes the quality of work that you do." And I love this. Because it speaks to a bunch of things. It speaks to this idea that we're all trying to create, you know, we're trying to create these these really hip, I sound like such a dad, these hip and sharp brands. Um, but truthfully, the way to the way to create the best brand is to just do just do good shit, man. Treat people the right way and do the do the right thing and then have a good product. And then over time, that's your brand now. Right? It doesn't matter who you hire. What, how big your team is. It, of course, those things all help, but eventually you are going to be you. You have one chance. That whole, that, that, that very cliche saying, you have one chance to make a first impression. Who are you? Because who you are is largely going to determine what you're going to be capable of doing in the future. And I just thought that was such a, that was just such a cool, a cool quote to me. And I, and I, I wanted to, I thought about a story and then I thought about, should I tell the story? Should I not tell the story? And I have, uh, so somebody had told me two years ago that, you know, they were like, what's, what's the goal for you? And I said, well, I eventually want to work for an NBA team. And he had said, well, he was like, you don't need the NBA. And that was the first time I ever heard that because everything else that I had been doing up to that point probably wasn't 100% authentically me. I mean, it was, but it wasn't because at the same time I had people telling me, hey, 
if you want to be taken seriously by these NBA teams, you're going to need to um, present yourself a certain way. You know, they're looking, they're a business. They're going to be looking for this. So that was the first time somebody had kind of challenged my, my mindset in terms of what I wanted to do. And I, and it stuck with me so for so long and it still continues to stick with me, but I couldn't agree with it more now. And the example of the story I wanted to give, and I hope that this kind of ties into the brand thing. Um, my life, what's my life goal? But my big goal was like, I want to work in the NBA and I want to work with NBA guys because man, what more social proof do you need after that? But in being able to now work with thousands of kids, both in group settings and individually, which is insane. I realize that that's not really the end. Now, it's not saying I wouldn't love to do it, of course, right? Like, that'd be, it'd be amazing to work with the best in the world. But I've, I've created and cultivated some amazing relationships with players and coaches and other trainers that I other like if I would have never had the chance and I I almost feel like this is where I'm supposed to be and I feel like through shooting especially with some younger players I kind of get to be in a way a, a mentor type and I I more so hope yeah I want to yeah I want to help create some of the best shooters that ever lived I really do but I'm really hoping and I've seen it happen and I don't know if anything makes me happier when a player starts to realize what they're capable of doing shooting the basketball and how that starts to seep into the other things that they do. In George Leonard's book, Mastery, he speaks about that. He talked about like when he was really getting into the martial art that he was concerned with, he started to find himself digging deeper into other things and starting to explore other avenues and, and find out what else he was capable of. And that's what I feel like almost my job as a trainer is. Help a player figure out just how incredibly talented and capable they are, only to have that maybe spill into something that means so much more than basketball. Because basketball is just a small sliver of anything that we do. But the story I was going to tell was... um, I have conversations now with multiple, you know, agencies and players and it's, it's a cool, it's a cool thing for sure. But, um, I had, I had this opportunity to work with a particular player and it would have been a really cool opportunity. And I remember I was on the drive home and I got a call and they said, well, we'll need you in this city by tomorrow. And you can come in. We're not necessarily sure what the schedule is going to hold, but you'll be here two or three days, and then and then we can and then we can get you out. But we think it'd be good to bring you in. And my initial thought was like, "This is awesome. This is really really cool. This is something I really want to do." And then I immediately remembered, "Oh, I have a player coming in this week." And I had this thought, because I'm human, and I had this thought of, hmm, wonder if I can move that player and move move them from coming in this week to now going to see this 
see this other, this more high profile guy, right? And I thought about it for a second. And I thought about what had somebody that that particular person had told me two years ago. Hey, man, you don't really need the NBA. And I made the decision of I would, first of all, feel horrible for telling a kid who's paying his way to fly to see me to spend three days just learning shooting, telling him, even without telling him, like even if I just did it, didn't even tell the reason. It'd be like saying that I, be- I believe that this other opportunity was more important for the betterment of my career than the person was that's now coming to see me. And I have kids come to see me throughout throughout the year, throughout the summer, throughout the spring, winter. I mean, kids kids come in, they fly in. And I made that decision and I never felt better about it because I feel like I was being true to my brand. I feel like I was being true to who I am versus chasing something that maybe looks really good in terms of social proof. But man, would it make me feel shitty if I did it. And when I read that quote by James Clear, over the, you know, over time, your brand just becomes the quality of work you do. I immediately thought back to that moment. And I <laughs> it's like I'm patting myself on the back. But it was like a big thing for me, man. Like it'd be, it, it was a big thing. But when it's all said and done, you're going to have the the people that are going to stick with you. And and I'd much rather, you know, always fall in fall in line of those who have supported me for the longest time. Um. So for you out there that are building a brand, building a company, building whatever, you know, try. I would say just try your best to to do what aligns with who you are because over time that's what that brand is going to be known for. And you want to be known as somebody who is going to do the right thing is going to go out of their way for the people that go out of the way for you. And it all comes back around eventually, right? That may not pay off right now, but maybe that pays off in five years in some weird, strange way. Um, and I true, I, I truly, I truly believe that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to, to talk about, and I, I said this, I tweeted this probably a couple of weeks ago, and I said that, you know, as a kid, my heroes um, were athletes. And then as an adult, now my heroes are thinkers. And one of, uh, one of the guys, okay, so actually he's not just one of the guys, so his name's Charles Himmer. And for anybody that's within my Keep Shooting subscription that has now got to see um, workouts.cmikedunn.com and you can only get in there if I put your email into the thing so you can go check it out but if you're not a subscriber it's not going to happen <laughs> but he created that um, but he sent me this quote he's, he's an amazing guy and he also went through the subscription and, and, and is now starting to shoot the ball really well all besides the point anyway he sent me a quote one day um, by Barrett Brooks and it said you have to know your heroes in order to look up to them and goes on, says a few more things, and then he, the the Barrett Brooks, asks himself, "Who haven't I been able, uh, or who haven't I been exposed to that would inspire me if I knew that they existed?" And I thought about that, and about how influenced kids are 
and I don't know where this is going to go with me talking about this, but I think this this kind of flows back into what I was saying in terms of the mentorships that I get to now offer players. I, I've said it a bunch of times, but I can't tell you how happy it makes me when high school kids, college kids, even professional players send me a message like, yo, I picked up that book and man, that thing, that, that was life changing because books and authors and thinkers aren't pushed onto us like athletes are. And that's just what it is. Athletes, it's a high entertainment value, right? It'd be hard to push Napoleon Hill. <laughs> It'd be hard to push James Clear. It'd be, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one of those things where I get it. Like it's very easy to just sit down and take things in, but the most powerful stuff you have to spend time with, right? And that that quote resonated with me so much because I I seek out thinkers now. I seek out people that are going to offer me a separate perspective of the one I have in hopes that it helps connect some dots that I have in these moments on podcasts like this. Right. And why? And, and, and it will. But the only way that we're going to ever get to that stage of of thinkers and continuing to advance, man, this is all going to come full circle. Right. I talked about this whole idea of reaction versus response. The only way we can get to response. First of all, we have to have everything set in terms of our basic needs met, but then we have to have the ability to think. And if we're not surrounded by other thinkers or taking in information from said thinkers, it's going to be hard to put ourselves in a mindset of doing that. We're not reading. We're not taking in information. So if you are a trainer, if you are a coach, if you're a parent, I'm a parent, so I know this now. We have to do or we have to take on as a responsibility pushing thinkers, making the heroes thinkers, making the heroes the people that are doing amazing, amazing things in this world, um, bring them to the forefront in some type of capacity. And I'm not saying like on a grail, on a grand scheme, but for that person, for that player that you have a chance to impact, introduce them to a new author, introduce them to a different thinker, introduce them to uh, some type of show or podcast that's going to make them think a different way, because that is what eventually is going to lead to that person figuring out what really makes them feel alive and what they're really capable of doing or not even understanding just how powerful they are. And I feel like all of my heroes now empower me without me ever even having to speak to them because I can just see the way that they lived their lives. I can see the way they thought about things, what they created. And it's so inspiring because I know that I have that same ability. Right? We look at athletes as kids and we think, man, if only I could jump that high or I could do this, I could do that. And eventually, you know, for many of us, it comes to be that that's not really the case. But all of us have the ability to use our intellect, our ability to learn, to propel us to heights that we never thought imaginable. We just have to be, we just have to be given the resources in order for us to be able to get there. I think that's a good way to leave it. Thank you for listening to my 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 random thoughts today. Um, I really, really appreciate it. So I spelled random in the description. R-O-N-D-A-M. 
because without the letters in the right spot, the word doesn't make a lot of sense. So that's just tying everything back to sequence. And then I guess, ironically, this show had no sequence. The show had no particular order. It just went and I just spoke. But when I'm in my car on all these long trips, I have a lot of time to listen to books, to listen to podcasts. And then when I'm not doing that, I actually put on the iTunes um, Piano Chill playlist, I believe it's called. And then I just put that on and then I just think and it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I wish I wish I did it even more, but I definitely am afforded the time that I have in, in the car, given the different places that I am. So I would encourage you to think too. Um, if anybody has ideas for the next guest to bring on the podcast, please let me know. I will reach out to anybody within reason and and we'll go from there. But I appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Um, thank you for everybody who sends me messages telling me they enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it or had feedback on it. I always appreciate that too. Have a great rest of your day. Keep shooting as always. If you haven't signed up for my Keep Shooting subscription and you're somebody that really wants to learn whether you're a player, parent, coach, please, I highly encourage you to do so. I do believe that there's nothing quite like it in terms of the response and the thought that I give uh, for each player each day. As much as you want to learn, I will be there to answer your questions. Have a great day, everybody. Keep shooting.